This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. Hello, good evening, welcome to a special episode of the Wednesday Week. My name's Dan Fudge, and uh, it's my Wednesday time once again. It's a bit of a special guest we've got this evening. It's uh, it's commentator from our big day out at Wembley, alongside the uh, the big man himself in Atinu Hugh. It's Rob O'Neill. Rob, good afternoon and welcome to the show. You all right? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, good to see you. Have you uh, Did you join in the celebrations before or afterwards? Because uh, I'm still on a four-day hangover right now. Yeah, it, it, it was quite a weekend. I mean, to be honest, I'll be honest, it seems to have taken the best part of a week to try and get back down to normality. I mean, uh, I'm still drained, to be honest. It, it's You're building towards the weekend. You know, I've just been talking to you off air as well about trying to make sure all the technical side of things are right. So that was an extra strain. You're worrying about it going wrong from that side of things. You then get on air, you open everything's fine from that point of view. And then obviously there's the football equation as well, which is the easiest part in some ways, but... Obviously, it wasn't easy. It was far from easy. We left it very late, but it was quite the fairy tale in the end. Yeah, there's a, uh, the, the game wasn't a classic, was it, at all? I mean, th- there wasn't a lot to write home about. We recorded our show um, last night, and I remember thinking, and normally I try and get the highlights and all the bits, talking points, and, and I managed to get 11 at a push. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I mean, so when... When Volk scored, that first, that would have been a great goal to take us through, wouldn't it? But uh, I mean, the view that you got, I, I've got, I've got quite the burned face right now. I've got half a bottle of uh, moisturizer shellacked into my into my forehead right now. But you were up in the gods with the uh, with the big man himself. How was that? Well, it was great working with him from that point of view. Our angle was really weird. We're sort of almost looking at the match from a diagonal. We're on the sort of almost in the Barnsley sort of section. So we had their right. fans sort of in and around us. And we're watching it. it. It was very weird. I kept thinking of you know the old uh, Stamford Bridge where they used to where it used to look like, and the the fans were miles away from the pitch. And say it was it was like watching it from a, a very weird vantage point. I remember thinking the first five ten minutes, this is going to take a while getting used to watching the game from this angle because it, it were a very odd position to be in. I mean, I don't think we have the best seats now, so I don't think with that. 
it's not your it's not your first time at Wembley because obviously you were the uh, you were the chap in charge on uh, in charge of the microphone uh, in 2016 as well alongside Lee Peacock. I mean, you know, surely that's uh, a, a better affair to talk about, isn't it, this time round? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know that that feeling we had that day. I mean, uh, you know, you don't want to go to to Wembley and lose that game. I mean, if you look at that game in kind of you know with your honest eyes, I suppose, and without sort of your Wednesday slam. You know, Hull were just better than us. That that was the reality of it. You know, they had still a load of Premier League players. And whilst it was only one goal, I just came away from that game thinking, that's the standard. That's what we need to be at. We need a big centre-half. We need two or three players and we'll be all right. And, you know, it's weird, isn't it? Aidan Flint came into our squad, you know, this season. Then they had a loan spell briefly uh, a couple of seasons back. That was the type of centre-back we needed to kind of push on. And we probably got Aidan... Maybe not at his peak level, but uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was a completely different vibe, wasn't it? I mean, you look at these two last games in isolation, though, yeah, that dramatic comeback in the in the semi-final and, and even the final. You just, there's a various things and you just think maybe our name was on it. it, it I think it's a great script. It's, script. It's, it's one of those, isn't it, where you kind of think Hollywood would reject this for being far-fetched, but it was some story, the whole thing. The, uh, the the weird thing is, for for no reason whatsoever, I was at the 2008 playoff final to get to the uh, when when his dad scored the, the the absolute scorcher of a volley that he did against Bristol City. So in terms of the, in terms of the Windass family, I'm the uh, I'm the top boy. They need me there, apparently. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I I actually went and worked in Hull. I think I joined about a year after that. So everyone was talking about you know. Dean's goal at Wembley and stuff. So I just missed that when I came into work for KCFM, which was covering Hull City and everything like that. So it, it's it's kind of weird. I so say there are little things, you know, like odd quirks of fate or whatever you want to call it. You know, have you have you seen those pictures that have been put out with you know uh, Gregory delivers the wagons? Yeah. You know, I saw that I think a week ago or something like that. There's just little things. You just think, was this written in the stars? You know. And I'll be honest with you, in my own head, you know, people will ask me sometimes, do I premeditate a goal clip or, you know, something I'm going to come out with? And nine times out of ten, I don't really. But I did have, you know, uh, that line about Windass's dad, you know, in my mind. It was there. It just kept, you know, replaying before it happened. So maybe it was always sort of written in the stars. I'm all right with it. You know what I mean? I, I had a hell of a day. I got a great tan when it when it calms down. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but we, we all need a, a win. That's Wembley winner, don't we? That's, that's the key. <laughs> that, that, that is the rules now, apparently. So let's um, let's delve into the uh, to what you referenced earlier, the uh, the Wednesday slant. You know what I mean? You, I, I assume you're a Sheffield Wednesday uh, fan from from being a boy or is it something you that you've adopted commentating on the team? No, I mean, my first game watching Sheffield Wednesday, I think I probably was about eight or nine or something like that. Um, I, I mean, I'm not from Sheffield. I'm, I'm actually from down south. I was born in Barnstable, but I came up to York and I lived there, um, as I say, from about seven or something like that. I think one of our neighbours was a big Sheffield Wednesday fan. So the first ever match I went to was Wednesday against Queen's Park Rangers. I think the likes of Lee Chapman were playing, you know, probably Mel Sterling, Mark Smith, that sort of, sort of era. And we won 7-1. It was, you know, I thought, oh, this, this is how it's going to be always, you know. Right. I thought this is normality, but it clearly wasn't. We'd been up and down all the time throughout my my reign. But, I mean, my formative years, shall we say, were, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better team to watch. 
you know, the early 90s, I, I was growing up on your David Hurst, Chris Waddles, Paul Warhurst, John Harks, you know, all those guys, Shez, you know, what, what a team mm. that was to watch. Mm-hmm. And, and it's those ones that kind of suck you in, isn't it? Because I, I think you and I must be a similar age then, because I, you know, during... My, I think I was about 10, 11 when we signed Chris Waddle and then that's when I got my season ticket and I, I started going for the next 10 years. And 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 it, it, there's a point where you kind of look back, isn't there, where you go, we had this amazing team with these amazing players and nobody, we didn't seem to keep up as teams were making their teams better and yeah. they, they'd, it was the foray into the foreign market and things like that. We didn't really utilise that market really well when we look back. No, we we got a lot of things wrong. I suppose it's, it's interesting because I talked to my son who's like eight now, and you know he talks about you know Man City or you know Man United, all mm. these other teams, and I'm like we were on par with them, if not better at times. You know we could have won what was you know it's not called the Premier League at that stage; it was called the First Division, but we could have won it. We were within a whisker of doing that. We got to two cup finals in the same season. You know people played Sheffield Wednesday, and they feared Sheffield Wednesday. You know mm. we were. An elite team, weren't we, back in the early nineties? Uh, absolutely, and 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 so so was this the era in which you you had your favourite players, or or like do you do you look back and think like, well, when you were probably about seventeen, eighteen, you've got Caboni and Dicano and you know big names like Mark Pembridge. I mean, have, have you got like a favourite player? I normally try and ask this question like, have you got a favourite player outside Waddlehurst and Sheridan? I used to have a soft spot for Warhurst, and that was before he was a centre forward. You know when he he got converted, mm. and he literally every everything he did went in the back of the net. But I loved him as a centre back because I used to remember he could carry the ball out from the back, and he used to get to the edge of the area, player one two, and then it get messed up. They'd have to run all the way back because someone didn't play the return ball. But you know, I love seeing centre halves that can carry the ball. You know, and almost glide very elegantly. You know, through. I mean, we've had a, one or two that have you know a similar sort of ilk. Not too many, but I think Bouguera was a bit like that, wasn't he? He, he could bring the ball and and carry it, and it, it, that was a bit special. But yeah, I mean, he was he was someone that I I used to really like. Um, I worked with David Hurst as well at Real Radio, but he was he was a legendary striker. You know, he, you know, people don't realise how good David Hurst was. He was mm-hmm. better than Shearer. You know, and everyone mm. raves about historically how great Alan Shearer was, and he was. He was a very good centre forward. Sorry, Rob, I've <laughs> just lost your sound there. My apologies. I, I got everybody oh. raves about, and then it just came back in. So <laughs> if I said again. everyone raves about like, Alan Shearer, and he had a great career. You know, mm-hmm. but Hursty, if he hadn't had all those injuries, he had everything: left foot, right foot. You know, power, pace. He was the complete centre forward. I mean, he was a joy to watch. Even I suppose preempting that. You know, we had Dalian Atkinson as well. We had two players. And I always like strikers that can make their own goals. You mm-hmm. know, even if the team's playing rubbish, they can just pick the ball up and do something out of the blue. You know, more recently, we've had Fernando. Benny Carboni could do the same thing. He was someone that I had a, a soft spot for as well. Di Canio was great, but he, I wouldn't say he was ever my favourite. I always preferred the, uh, Carboni. But, yeah, you like those players that are going to get you off, 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 you know, off your seat and, you know, really... Get you going. So, I mean, moving forward, I've I've got like a a, a weird blank, and it, it and it's about ten years, right? Where mm. from the year we got relegated to about twenty ten, when I when when I when I started doing this show, actually. <laughs> so, like, there's a there's a weird bit where we 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 really struggle to kind of find our striders where we sat as a club, and trying to remember players from that era. 
I always have like a bit of a blank. You know what I mean? Where, I, I remember I, I was working on a cruise ship one year and um, and a guy came up to me and uh, we, we were planning this uh, pros against um, pros against passengers football game. And uh, and one of the players come to you and said, oh, you're a Wednesday fan. I said, yeah. He said, oh, I used to play for them. And I couldn't recognize him for, for love the money. And it was Ashley Westwood, right? right <laughs> okay. Which which one are you again? I, I just had an, I have an absolute blank. So yeah. so when so when you look back, it's probably obviously two thousand six was uh, two thousand five two thousand six was a was a big season when all of a sudden I started to get to the players. But that period yeah. for me is a real blank. So where were you during that period? Because I, I obviously work in entertainment as it, as it is. I mean, albeit sports based, you can kind of lose touch a little bit, right? Yeah, but I, I was working at Real Radio from 2000, so I was actually covering Wednesday sort of loosely. We didn't do as much sport as we ever should have done, but I was already, you know, down at Hillsborough. That's why when I actually got the gig to do the the I Follow or whatever it was called back then, commentary, I'd sort of been on the periphery of doing Wednesday things. You know, mm-hmm. I presented programs, did a couple of special programs at Real. So I was down the training ground, so I did have that connection with, with that group of players. Um you know, I, I know what you mean, though, about perhaps not having great memories. Because when we dropped out of the Premier League, you know, we didn't have a beam, did we? I mean, it was there, there was a lot of kids that came into the into the first team that were thrust into there. You know, Del Geary, Alan Quinn had just come through the year we went down. Um, you know, there was a Kevin Nicholson who wasn't a regular, but he was coming through at the same time. We had a good crop of, of players, you know, that that came through, or or maybe they would have been good. Perhaps they didn't fulfill their potential because we threw too many of them all at once because we were relying on them. You know, Matt Hamshaw was was coming through at the same time. I mean, you know, someone who excited me at that point was Owen Morrison. He was an exciting mm-hmm. player. You know, he had a lot of quality. He was a little guy, but he could bend the ball in and, you know, he seemed like he could be someone to to be a, a sort of salvation. But, you know, the managers, Paul Jewell came in, Peter Shreves, you know, we had Terry Orothal knocking about. We never seem to really have a manager, I don't think, of, of the calibre you kind of need, perhaps, to get out of that division. We didn't have the players, really. I mean, you know, you're almost looking at someone like Sabon, again, a sort of icon in some ways, but idle in another ways as well, because you didn't know what you are going to get out of him. So, yeah, it, it was a bit of a mismatch, wasn't it? And even when we did dip into the market, you know, before we got it right, you, you've got your Kim Olsen's, you know, your Ulla Tidman's, you know, not great names to recall. Ian Hendon, all out of their depth, really, for Sheffield Wednesday. But we didn't have the budget, so we were we were, we were shopping at Aldi, really, or, or somewhere more bargain basement than that, probably. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so like, so tell me the, the process then. So, you, you know, you've gone, you've gone to this game, you've won 7-1, and then, you know, 15, 13 to 15 years later, you're now essentially working for the club, right? And... Uh, <laughs> You know, did, was, was that a dream come true for you a little bit? Or was that just, did you feel like you expected it and it should have happened type of thing? No, not really. I mean, because I had quite a long career, you know, full-time in radio. And a lot of, like, the stuff I did was, like, reporting, you know, presenting, bulletin reading, you know, that side of it. And I hadn't done too many commentaries as such. And I remember, because mm-hmm. I say I was working, at, I was over in Hull, as I said to you, um, and I didn't really put myself for even there, I could have put myself forward to do the commentaries for, for you know, for whole city. And I didn't because we had someone already there. But I did want to kind of bring somebody else in as well. But I didn't really put myself forward because, it, I don't know, I, I, I was a bit nervous about doing it, to be honest. It's, 
it, you know, I just thought, could I do it? You know, would I be confident doing it? Because I've done a little bit of it, but nothing, you know, major, you know, reports, off-air commentary, that type of thing. Um, mm. But once once I started it, you know, I, I love doing it. You know, like even this this final we've just had, you know, I was given the choice, do I want to go as a fan, do I want to commentate? And I actually quite like being in the thick of it. I actually quite like, you know, having the mic there. So I think I'd be a bit lost if I wasn't doing that. I actually quite like, you know, you know, have you seen some of the stuff that came out of the semi-final, like, you know, the Liam Palmer quotes that were knocking around, yes. you know. They're on T-shirts now. T-shirts, flags, it's just amazing. That's just something that literally that one just popped into my head. I mean, I kind of thought about Mission Impossible, but I didn't know that Liam was going to be the star, and I think the rest of it just came out and uh, it worked. Oh, happy days. I, t- I, I must admit, right, so somebody who, which may shock you, I like a chat. And and I always think I'm great at everything. I look at commentating <laughs> as a role, and yeah. I, I couldn't do it. I, I look at the amount of um, the amount of prep that needs to go in, and if I don't automatically recognise the players, I won't be able to engage my brain to read to pop back up at the notes that I've made or anything like that. And you know, for somebody who likes making constant noise, I genuinely my hat is off to you, Rob, because I I, I mean, how did you find that transition into? into that live commentary as opposed to doing match reports. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying to you. I was a bit daunted by the idea mm. because it is a very different sort of skill set. Um, and, you know, you are constantly, it's quite, people don't get how taxing it is as well when you're constantly sort of describing and watching. And like, sometimes you get a bit of like brain fatigue in the second half because you just, you know, you just hit a bit of a wall sometimes. And you have to kind of carry on. Um, and particularly some games, you know, like when it isn't a great watch and you're just describing and you're like, this is hard work. I mean, the best ones are when there's lots happening, you know, they're, they're great tempo and you're almost going, you know, that is actually easier because it's, you know, you're not even thinking about it. But the games where they're knocking about, it's going short, back to the keeper, and there's no natural rhythm. They can be quite hard to kind of, you know, uh, plough through. I mean, Ati Nui said to me before the game, well, this is actually in the days leading up to it, he said, um, you know, is there anything I need to know? And I, I kind of gave him a few little notes, but not major because I, I'll guide most people through it. You know, um, I, I like to be kind of quite relaxed with it. And I, I like to think when I have a guest, whether it's John or somebody that, you know, is uh, an, an ex-player or, or even a current member of the squad, that I'll make it very conversational. So don't worry mm-hmm. about kind of, you know, what you don't know or what you don't do because I'll fill the I'll fill the hole. And if, and if you're uncertain about something or maybe it's going into a, a direction you don't want to go in, you know, perhaps it's a, a comment or about a, an individual, you don't want to sound too critical, then I'll always bring it back around and, and let them sort of skip it without noticing it. <laughs> that's that's very generous of you there, Rob. That's very gracious. I um because like so I mean some of the names that you've been alongside. So we mentioned New Hugh, uh, you did it you did the final in twenty sixteen with, with Peaks. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I don't know if you know. I, I met you on the tube afterwards, and I had to give Lee Peacock his. Um, he was collecting for charity at this point, and right. he had the two two money shakers with him because he was doing. Yeah. He was he was on a bike ride uh, to raise money for charity uh, yeah. to all the. Uh, I think it was the World Cup or the European Championships uh, grounds in France, and okay. he said, "He said, Dan, can you hold these?" I said, "Yeah, of course." Forgetting that I'm going into the ground, right? And um, <laughs> so as he came to meet you. I uh, I was stood with these two shaker tins, these charity tins, and they wouldn't they wouldn't let me in the ground. <laughs> I had because they have their own charities. And, and, well, yeah, 
their offensive weapons or something like that. So I had to have them signed over. And then it took nice. an hour to get them back. It, honestly, Peacock stitched me up. They nearly didn't let me in for the playoff final. That I didn't know that story. I didn't know what was going on, the shenanigans behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so that up. So, uh, I mean, t- tell me what it's like working with John, because I, I genuinely enjoy the dynamic. Because like you say, it, it's quite conversational. You um, there's There's some wonderful points where where John loses his absolute bananas, like when, mm-hmm. when Sheffield wins his score, especially like when it's one of those last-minute ones, like, um, like uh, you know, the one against Rotherham that Kieran Lee yeah. scored or the, or the one against Bristol City that Kieran yeah, Lee scored. Yeah, Kieran again. Yeah, yeah. There's a pattern emerging there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he absolutely loses his mind. And you're still trying to commentate and describe what's going on. I, I, I get distracted if somebody's clicking their fingers or whistling in the background. It has to be dead silent for me. How do you how do you do that? Do you ever get do you ever just want to go, John, we get it, pal. Give me a minute. Let me, let me... It, it, it seems like it's almost like am I gonna be heard on this? Are they just gonna drag me out? Because sometimes that's what happens. You're almost like straining your voice trying to get a, a you know above it. I think someone said to me in one of the games, it must have been, I think it was the, the Pete Peter games, even you were louder than John at some point, you know. Oh, mm. I apologize, but it was quite a big moment, you know, these goals. But, um, yeah, it, it, I just think we've got a good dynamic, it, it, it works, you know. I, 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 some people don't like it, you know, some broadcasters don't like the summarizer kind of interjecting and, and you know, would probably say, Can you just let the, the goal play out, let the commentator do it, and then we'll get your reaction? I actually quite like it, and I think that's. That's the difference, perhaps, from doing it when you are doing it for the club. You are doing it as, uh, you know, you're doing it as a, you know, as the fans' perspective, aren't you? Yeah. You mm-hmm. I'd like to think we've got quite a, a fair balance, though, because I don't want to be seen to be totally biased towards Wednesday, because that's just not what you want to hear. I don't want to say it's all rosy when it's not rosy. Equally, I'm not going to bash the team or the club because we're we're working for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's finding that that happy medium, really, and. Um, you know, if we think that perhaps it wasn't a penalty, we'll, we'll say it's not a penalty. But I hope we get the balance right. You know, people are going to say, you know, opposing fans, oh, they're biased or whatever. Well, why are you listening to a Wednesday channel? Because ultimately, we're, we're not hiding the fact we're Sheffield Wednesday fans because we are. In, uh, in in reference to that, actually, there are some ones that are absolutely awesome, awful. The the Barnsley one does pop to mind. Like when um, when Barnsley did the double overs, the time, the the away game at, at, at Oakwell. Uh, yeah. I had to I had to watch the coverage with the Barnsley commentary. That was one of the worst. It was like two people doing an impression of the Hovis advert from the 80s. You know what I mean? Now then, I was, uh, you know, are we right good? Are we, are we good at kickball over here? And that's how good. Uh, Barnsley, this, uh, and uh, oh, it was, uh, uh, there, there were some other ones. Uh, the Plymouth one was, um, was, that you could, you know, when someone's trying to be balanced and trying to be modest, when they actually yeah. just want to go ah down the microphone, yeah. there, was, <laughs> there was there was a lot of that. And um, but like, I I, I absolutely I, I feel that like you and you and John have got quite a good partnership there, and you've absolutely found your level with it. And and there's there's a comfort with it, isn't there? And 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 you're right, there isn't a John speak to me when you're spoken to type of vibe, which yeah. is probably what some of them get told, right? Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, just go with it. People want to hear, you know, that's how you're all celebrating. If you're not at the grounds, you know, you're all going nuts at the pub or, or people on the beach because we get a lot of international viewers and subscribers. You know, you're all doing the same thing. You know, we're trying to convey that that same energy to kind of make you feel almost like you're, you're there with us, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that's what you're trying to do. And 
equally you know if, if we weren't there with the microphone we'd be jumping up and down and singing and doing whatever i mean john had me singing as well didn't he go into extra time uh, <laughs> he, he likes to do the hi-ho sheffield wednesday and i don't really want my voice going out you know you you might all be singing and thinking you're great singers but you don't have a microphone just like a couple of you know inches away from you from your mouth Yeah, they've got us in union there. Um, but we did actually both sing in tandem, and, and I put a clip out for someone who asked me to clip it the other day. Um, and, and yeah, we, we, we get caught up in it, and we, we enjoy what we do, I think. And, you know, we don't take it too seriously either. You know, I, I take the mick out of him as well. You know, he's a much better footballer than I ever was. And, you know, but I still diss him like he, like he was like some Sunday league player, and he clearly wasn't. But, yeah, it's a bit of banter, you know? <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I'd like to get John on there and just to just sort of pick his brains about what he's like working with you. He might come on here and slag you off loads, Rob. You hey, know right, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, so looking back on some of the moments that you've been commentating on Sheffield Wednesday, obviously you've got Monday just gone. You've got the semi-final. M- must have been a great one. Oh, and, yeah, it was. You know, it, are there any other ones that kind of stick out to you that, that, that we might have forgotten? Like there might have been a last minute goal against Preston or something that, you know what I mean? Have you got any more that, that really stick in your mind or is it difficult to think, think back further than Monday? Yeah, I know put me on the spot. I mean, I think there was a, there was an away game at Bramble Lane and we come back from 2-0 down to get it back to 2-2. Um, I think that was, that was a pretty good, good game. Medine's got, I can't remember the details, but uh, I, I think we had a comeback against the Blades. That, yeah. that was yeah, we did. special. Um, there's also a goal, and this preempts me doing the commentary. Um, this was when I was at Real, so I was doing reports for, for Real Radio, and I think I did like off-air commentary, so we we still described the goals and things. And uh, I remember Lloyd Owusu's goal. Um, mm. I don't know what we recorded on it, but the sound that it made, my voice made a noise that I think even dogs would have issues with. I, I don't <laughs> know what happened. I don't know whether it was the way it was recorded, like it was too loud, and you know, like the compression or something, and it was yeah, clipping yeah. or something. But there's a there's a very strange sound that was generated. But uh, yeah, that, that was a pretty pretty uh, awesome awesome goal and celebration. I think I quite enjoyed that one. Um, I'm just saying individual games. You mentioned Kieran Lee. That that was a good one. Even the Atty one as well. You know, mm-hmm. I played that back to him in the in the game at half time actually at Wembley when he scored against Preston. And he was like saying, you know, everyone's expecting him to keep the ball in the corner flag, and it just suddenly started opening up for him, and he thought. I might go here <laughs> the way he went and, and stuck it in top corner. So that that was that was good. So there's moments and and there's games. That, you know, it's hard when you, you put me on the spot to to remember. I can remember some pretty miserable times. And you know, the Rotherham when they scored late when we took that awful corner with, mm-hmm. with Brown failing to you know get it past the front post um, that season. You know, going down, you know, relegation. You, that wasn't pleasant. That and, and there are some games where it's not pleasant. You know. You just can't see us getting a result, um, and you're trying to you're trying to stay positive with it. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a few. It's hard when you put me on the spot to. to Sorry, I, I, sh- I should have given you down. some notes, but I like I know, it. I, I like know. it when it's raw, Rob. You know what I mean? I like I it when know, you go that one straight away. Come to me midnight. I go. Oh, well, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just tweet me over and just go. Oh, by the way, <laughs> there was this game against Fleetwood that I really remembered. Yeah. Like it, you know what I mean. I try not to remember games against Fleetwood or Cheltenham or Shrewsbury because, to be honest, that's all wrong, isn't it? it it's, I'm so glad we are out of League One because I do think the standard's yeah. been rubbish. You know, yeah, most it, of the been... teams. 
been really poor, hasn't it? Like the, oh. the, the teams we've got, and and there was there was like about four or five teams that you know. If, if you looked at the there was a playoff picture where it was like Barnsley, Bolton, us, um, and Derby County at, at one point, yeah. and I remember thinking yeah. that is a really solid lineup for yeah. you know, that that would have been a championship lineup not that yeah. long ago. So the standards getting better, but the, you look further down the bottom of that league, and it was just, and they all came across like Sunday league teams. But they were really happy to be there, like Fleetwood being in League One. That, yeah. they're, they're well happy with that. They're having the yeah. best time. And and it's, yeah, I think it was last season where, and it probably, I mean, uh, without studying the league table as it finished this year, I remember looking at the league table last year, and it kind of does go almost as you'd expect, mm. you know, in terms of budget size of club, all that side, you know, you almost could stick that order, maybe reshuffle a few at the bottom, but it's kind of like the big ones uh, at the top and you're not going to get that many surprises. Very rarely you're going to get somebody going top that kind of doesn't seem to belong to that. You know, you're not going to see Forest Green at that level. It's just too big a jump for them. Absolutely not. So listen, I can't, I can't let you go, but I'm a bit aware of time without talking to you about Atinuyu. I would absolutely love to sit and have a beer with Atinuyu and pick his brains about his time with Sheffield Wednesday. Did you did you get to have that interaction with him in the build-up or during the day? Well, I spoke to him a few days beforehand because, you know, I was aware that John was wanting to go as a fan for this one, as he did back uh, in 2016 when Lee uh, filled in. So I kind of wanted to get a guest that had a bit of kudos, you know. It, it just, mm. you know, I suppose was relevant shall we say to the current generation you know because there mm-hmm. are some fans that won't remember maybe john for example they didn't see him play um so it's quite nice to get some more current ones every now and then and i was thinking well who could we get that would kind of have that wow factor i did think sam hutchinson uh, mm-hmm. obviously sam had done it with me a couple of times before and i thought again he might want to come back he still knew a lot of the squad members um, unfortunately, that did work out. I think he was away. We were even thinking about getting Antonio as well, because if you remember, he was wow. part of the last promotion um, from this division. Um, and that did work out in the end. I don't know whether West Ham allowed it or not, because they were you know, still in Europe and everything. Um, yeah. So Atty was someone else I thought about. But I actually thought Atty might not be... I thought he might come, because I know he cares a lot about Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so I reached out to him, but I knew he was in Austria. They've also been fighting relegation as well, so that their season hadn't quite finished. And straight away, he's like, I'd love to do it. I would love to do it. He had to obviously run it by his club. Um, but as soon as he reached out, an authorization was given, he was he was made up, you know. And this was a guy that was coming over from Austria, getting flights, and then going back to training on Tuesday. You know, he's really wow. gone out of his way, you know, to be with us. Um, and he's not done it for a financial reward or anything like that. He wanted to be at Wembley. I mean, initially, he told us in commentary, um, all the lads in his team in Austria were, I think, watching that second leg and getting kind of caught up in it um, and watching all the drama unfold. And I think that his initial plan was they were all going to come over as a sort of group day out. We were going to have, you know, 15 members of, uh, I can't remember his team, some of the lower reaches of Austria. They were going to be, you know, coming to Wembley to watch Sheffield Wednesday play because they they kind of adopted us and, um, you know, they, they were all going, I think, you know, can we listen to you, Atty, as well, with the news in the commentary? Um, so, yeah, he, he's a really lovely guy. Um, love Sheffield Wednesday. You know, he was so concerned about saying the right thing and, you know, and I said, look, honestly, you've been great. Absolutely amazing. 
We've loved having you with us. Um, you know, there was, you know, the, the fans have commented on how good he was and how passionate he was. And, you know, he, he loved Sheffield Wednesday. He was here, what, seven, eight years, something like yeah. that. Um, he, he told us some nice bits as well. You know, he was talking, I think this was off air. I think it was. Uh, we were chatting about when he first came in. Dave Jones was manager. And he actually said, he said to me, Stuart Gray, he said, um, he, he saved my life. And he, he, he kind of did mean it kind of actually literally, but he was meaning his footballing life in England because he told him or taught him how to play centre forward in England? Because you all see him, don't you? Six foot six. You know, you expect him to be a target man. That's how we play in this country. We have them traditionally, and he didn't really play that way. That's not what his game was about. He learned how to play that type of game, but that was because Stewart took him to one side and gave him a few little pointers and said, "Like this is what it's all about." And I think that's why he had a long career with Wednesday because Stuart Gray got hold of him and said, "Right, do this, do that, and you'll be." on the right track. That is absolutely fascinating. I can, I can talk about this all day. But listen, Rob, I'm going to I'm gonna leave you with this clip of you and Atty Newhew celebrating the goal as it went in. Thanks a lot, Rob, for joining us. That's been Pleasure. my Wednesday. See you later. Cameron Dawson puts it away up towards Lee Gregory. Doesn't quite know where that ball's gone. Comes back for Delhi Bashiru. Can he get it back to him there, Gregory? It's still with Lee Gregory. He's in the box. Tries to screw it. Is it going to be there? Yeah. Yes! Oh, my word! Oh, it's in! Wednesday have done it! Just win this one thing! It's a witness! Wembley winner! Yet again! Like father! Like son! His dad Dean did it for Hull City back in 2008. And Wednesday have now done it with Josh in the final seconds of this game in extra time. A diving header. Barnsley are dead on their feet. Well, you know something about these games. They're big games. They're great occasions. But it's all about winners. There can only be one winner. What about that adding you here? Wednesday 1, Barnsley 0. I just told you I hope they'll get one more chance. And you told me before they just win this final score already in the final, so what do you want more? It's the perfect script. <laughs> A Windass Wembley winner it is. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points back of the net. Lubosh! Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com for more information. See you later! Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.